Um, so, yes, so if you want to go to Psalm 23. I'm going to read it from a, a modern translation, so NIV. So this, this happens to me when I start reading Psalm 23 in a modern translation. I'm like, oh, that's wrong. It should say this. So <laughs> we just, those more time-honored translations with familiar psalms like this, they, do, they come frustrators. It says this, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. See, already you wanted to say, I shall not want. <laughs> Which actually is, I would think, a better way of translating it. But anyway, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23 is is probably, well, it it definitely is the most familiar psalm, most memorized psalm, but it's also probably one of the most familiar passages in the whole Bible, isn't it? Um, Maybe some of you in this room have it memorized with your own favorite translation. Maybe um, you've I don't know, got something at home with it written on somewhere. Maybe I actually know someone who has it tattooed on their arm. Um, And, you know, we love this psalm. It's a wonderful psalm, isn't it? But why do we love this psalm? Um, Why do we memorize it? Why do we get things in our home written on it with it? Why do we get it tattooed on our arm? What is it about this psalm that we love? Um, especially given that, you know, the whole shepherd-sheep analogy, it's a little bit old-fashioned, really. You know, we're Western urban context. Don't, is anyone a shepherd? Just checking. You know, we, but it's still, some, some beautiful reason, it still really appeals to us, doesn't it? I think it's because it, it's a short psalm. We love short psalms. Six verses, that helps. It's easy to memorize. But I think there's more here. And I think part of us kind of identifies with this psalm, don't we? Read it. What's it saying? It's saying wonderful things. It's saying that deep down, you and me, we know life isn't always going to be easy. And we sang a little bit about that. And Dami brought that word about some of us maybe walking in fear. We know that. And we desperately want and desire some, amidst all of that, someone walking with us. Right? Someone guiding us, someone protecting us, someone feeding us. And that's why I think just lots of reasons, but this is one of the reasons I want to touch on today, you know, draw that out a little bit. So um, let's, let's go then, shall we? Let's dive a little bit deeper. <clears throat> Verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And um, one of the interesting things about this psalm, if you compare it to other psalms, is there's no requests. There's no like, um, yeah, uh, please destroy my enemies, Lord. Please, please get rid of my enemies who are chasing me. There's none of that in this psalm. What we find, actually, is just a psalm of trust. It's a psalm of trust. It's not a psalm of please. It's a psalm of trust. Six beautiful verses. Just utter dependence, isn't it? And trust on God, our shepherd. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. It's an invitation for all of us, isn't it? A personal invitation that you can have a personal, intimate relationship with God. What's it say? The Lord is my shepherd. Yeah? I know he's your shepherd, and I know he's our shepherd, but he's my shepherd. He feeds me. He guides me. He prepares a table for me. And the reason I'm saying this is because I know him. Yeah? You can know him. You do know him intimately as your shepherd. The job of a shepherd, one of the jobs, obviously, is to lead sheeps, uh, sheep to uh, places, sheeps, uh, to places of, I do that quite often, actually, uh, to places of food and water. And this looks different in different parts of the world. And being a shepherd in the time that this psalm was written in and the place, the ancient Near East, it wasn't like being a shepherd in the Lake District, okay, in the UK, where you're surrounded by green pastures and quiet waters. It wasn't like that at all. Um, in this part of the world, in order to get to these green pastures and quiet waters, it, you had to kind of go on long journeys and search them out. And um, we'll look at this a little bit later in terms of going through dangerous territory. But the shepherd, despite all this, he's committed to feeding and the nourishment of the sheep. And the sheep know that only their shepherd can feed them and guide them to these places of green pastures and quiet waters. Because the shepherd has everything that they need. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. God's greatest desire for all of us is that we would know that he is all we need. Yeah? He is, really is, your all, your everything. That you would be able to say, because, because the Lord is my shepherd, um, I would never be in lack. And this doesn't mean, I mean, Christmas is coming up, isn't it? But this doesn't mean that, you know, God gives us everything and anything we want. And I don't know, Christmas Day, and you've unwrapped all your presents, you've got your PlayStation 5, everything's great. And you sit there and you go, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Um, I don't think that's what it means. I think it means that um, we will never be in lack, we will never be lacking, right? In all that I do not have, right, he will always be enough for me. So, you know, we read the Bible and we see this, um, we see that God and later Jesus, yeah, John 10, he says, I'm the good shepherd. It all makes sense. It's all pointing towards Jesus, isn't it? As well as God and Jesus, leaders are also called shepherds, right? That's what the word pastor means. It means to shepherd, to feed. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop something very controversial right now. Pastors are not God. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you. Um, I'm sorry. Um, it's important, though, for us just to hear that from, from time to time. And pastors, do, they do function like shepherds in many ways, but their prime purpose is to remind us and point us towards our true shepherd. Yeah? 
pastors won't fulfill our deepest spiritual needs. Only God, our true pastor, our true shepherd, is supposed to be our all. I love how all the pastors are saying, amen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do some things. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And so because God is our shepherd, he does a couple of things as well. He protects us and he guides us. And we desperately need guiding, don't we, if we're being compared to sheep here. The Bible uses lots of metaphors to describe our relationship with God. And the shepherd-sheep analogy is uh, very common. And I think there's a reason for that. And maybe, just maybe, God didn't mean it as a compliment. Maybe he meant it as a warning. And when God calls us the sheep of his pasture, I mean, you are cute and cuddly and fluffy, but I don't think that's all that he had in mind, right? It's a warning. Sheep are not top of the food chain. They remain prey. They're not predators. And they often drift away from the flock and end up in the mouths of wolves. It happens. They have very poor eyesight. And they've been known to die from first just meters away from water. Sheep need lots of guidance, even for the most simplest of tasks. And the job of the shepherd is to guide the sheep to these places of food and drink. Uh, As we touched on before, in order to get to places of food and drink, shepherds had to lead their sheep great distances through dangerous places. I'm sorry, I did have a picture for you. Um, but, but, but the picture showed uh, modern-day um, Israel and sort of the, the actual place that this psalm's talking about. Um, in that part of the world then, um, there was a hotter climate, right? And so in order to get to, as I said, these lovely places of green pastures and, and, and flowing waters, um, shepherds had to go through these canyon-like valleys, okay? Dark valleys where... The kind of the cliffs are surrounding you as you walk through, and it creates a shadow, and it's very dark, and it's very hot. And that's the psalm says, doesn't it? Walk through the darkest valley. And, and in these valleys, okay, you're a sheep, you're hungry, and, but oh, it's very dangerous. There are wild animals, yeah? This is what happened. And in these dark valleys, the green pastures and the quiet waters, they seem very far away, Yeah? starting to sound a little bit like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you've got Mordor, this dark valley, and you've got the green pastures, like the Shire, right? Um, but in this anxious and hungry moment, this is what we read, verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The sheep are not afraid. Why? Because the sheep know and trust in their shepherd. And they fear and revere their shepherd. Therefore, they don't really have to fear anything else. They look to their shepherd and they see a courageous, and let's be honest, a tough person. The person who wrote the psalm, David, was a shepherd. And in 1 Samuel, he describes, kind of almost bragging, you know, when I was a shepherd, 
And I, uh, I, I defeated and fought lions and bears, right? I mean, you've got to be pretty tough, haven't you, to fight lions and bears. It's a serious job. So when the shepherd is with the sheep, it's more than his presence. We'll come on to that. But it includes his action, right? What does it say? Your rod and your staff comfort me. The shepherd is two things. On his belt is the rod and in his hands is staff. And the rod is used um, against the animals that threaten the sheep, okay? The rod's there to, to, to defend against the, the, the animals. The staff's there to, to, for guidance, uh, to, to lean on, you know, if you, you, somewhere to lean. Um, but it's also there to, to guide the sheep to places of, of, of nourishment. And so the, the sheep have comfort, we read, because the rod protects them against their enemies, and the staff pro- provides reassurance and guidance that they're being led down correct paths towards food and water. And as, I mean, we sang lots of interesting songs. Sometimes, in, uh, obviously, in times of worship, I go away sometimes with more questions than I do with, uh, yeah, just everything's fantastic. And I think, I'm re- that's why I was really happy with sort of how Dami brought that word. I think it's real, isn't it? That, you know, yes, we walk with Jesus, but sometimes we walk through dark valleys. Yeah? And like sheep... Come on, we've got every reason right now in this dark valley to be very afraid and very fearful and very anxious. And so just again, repeating that word from Dami, you know, maybe some of us here, here are in a dark valley at this present moment. And I know that looks different to different one of us. And I don't want to even try and understand where you're at right now because I know it can be really difficult, these situations. But there is good news. <laughs> in this passage of scripture, we've we just read, the shepherds with us, guiding us, taking us forward towards these green pastures and quiet waters. We don't just feel God with us, we see him working. I think there's a song about that. Um, because he guides us with his staff and he protects us with his rod. And... Um, as followers of Jesus, um, we pose a threat to the enemy. I know some of us like to talk about the enemy a lot. <laughs> uh, and some of us don't talk about him at all. I think there's a healthy ground. Um, there are, the Bible says it, principalities and powers. And um, there's spiritual opposition that we can't see. Jesus is very clear. He says he, says he saw Satan fall. Okay, so. <laughs> and we know Jesus' death defeats uh, the enemy. So we know it's, it's been defeated, yeah? However, until the kingdom comes in all its fullness, the ruler of this world, as Jesus calls him, or the God of this age, as Paul calls him, will seek to devour, as it says in First Peter. The enemy has been stripped of all its power. His power, nothing will harm us, but... He can still deceive, he can still manipulate, he can still influence. And so, again, without being obsessive and blaming all the bad weather on the enemy, um, you know, 
we, we need to just have a healthy awareness, really, a realization that our spiritual battle is taking place. And we might not, you know, like soldiers on the front line, we, we might not know everything that's going on. We don't know, the, you know all the tactics and all the big plan, but we do know that there's a war happening. And that's the most important thing that for us to be aware of. And again, going back to that promise, with his rod, our shepherd protects us from all evil. He's defeated the power of the enemy, he's defeated death, and he continues to protect us. He is fighting for us. Another song <laughs> that we, we sing. Um, he, 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 he protects us from all opposition. Towards the end of the psalm, there's, 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 there's two verses. God kind of changes now. Um, I know he stays the same, but <laughs> it, the metaphor shifts. He's now a host, right? Um, and, and we're given uh, this picture of enjoying fellowship and communion with God as we sit and eat at the table as, as an honored guest. Verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. This, this imagery of, of feasting at the Lord's table is meant to represent we are being welcomed into God's presence as honored guests, right? We, we, he welcomes us in. He says, come. There's always food and drink on my table. Um, and there is. And we just need to reach out and, and grab it. Um, you might be familiar with the phrase practicing the presence. It's the title of, of a book, a very small book by Brother Lawrence, which I tried to find the other day. I'm pretty sure I have it, or I lent it to someone. So if you have it, Dami, Lucundo, someone, please, can you give it me back? Because uh, I can't find it. <laughs> I have a vague memory that I did lend it to Dami, but I don't know. <laughs> um, it's a very it's a tiny book. It's, it's not a sophisticated book at all. It just reminds us of a very simple truth. That you and I, practicing the present, Brother Lawrence, that you and I can cultivate intimacy with God. We can enter his presence, and we do that through our daily tasks, right? Even the mundane ones. And we, all we have to do is make a choice to believe and acknowledge that God is present and he's active around us, yeah? Even when I don't feel it. <laughs> he's working, um, and because of this, right, his presence can be found in the small and seemingly insignificant parts of your day. So let's just give some examples. So you can enter the presence of God. You wake up in the morning, you go on your phone, and you open your news app. Yeah, it's very depressing, isn't it? I know. It's very annoying. And in that moment, you can channel those emotions and you can allow yourself to just converse and mourn with God, the Spirit, Holy Spirit. Say, God, there's injustice in the world. And so that, in that moment, you enter God's presence in the mundane tasks. You know, you can enter God's presence. You sit down to have your dinner in the evening after a long day at work. You can enter his presence with thankfulness. You really can. Because he literally, quite literally, has prepared a table for you. And you can enter his presence again, mundane tasks, doing the dishes, um, hoovering the floor, brushing your teeth, right? You can enter his presence. It's that simple. It really isn't. It's that beautiful. Because there's always food and drink. And he always welcomes us, doesn't he? 
I didn't, as I read the psalm, I don't know if you noticed, but throughout the psalm, especially the last two verses, we see a dual presence, right? The presence of two things kind of coexistence. We've got the presence of God and we've got the presence of enemies, right? We've got our shepherd who's with us, but then we're in a dark valley. He welcomes us into his house and prepares a table. Oh, the presence of our enemies. I think it's so, so important for us to hear we need to just acknowledge to one another that being in Christ does not mean at all that pain, illness, trouble, whatever is an enemy to you, right, are suddenly taken away from us. We gave time earlier just to, what's your, what's your dark valley? What's your valley? God's presence comes to us, right, in the messiness of life. You don't have to be perfect and have it all figured out, no issues before you enter the presence. His presence comes to us. What's this say? While you're in the presence of your enemies, <laughs> that's when God prepares a table for you. It's while you're anxious about money and going around, turning the radiators off, <laughs> and someone else turns them back on again. Um, you know, it's in those moments that God's preparing a table for you, right? While you're unwell, he prepares a table for you. While you're simply fed up with life, he's prepared a table for you. It's in the presence of your enemies that God prepares a table for you. When we come into um, God's presence, you know, when we're worshiping, we aren't escaping. It's not escapism. We don't, we can't, we, we don't escape from the enemies. We don't escape from the reality of life, do we? And again, remember who's at the table with us, present is our enemies. But when we worship God, what we do, we enter his presence, we gain a fresh perspective. Yeah? A, you know, a, a wonderful, a God's perspective on the whole situation, don't we? And hold on a minute, and we, again, we sang this. God is for me. Yeah? He's not against me. He's with me in my failures, in, in my pain, amongst my enemies, in the presence of my enemies. He prepares a table. Um, it's not only God that can prepare a table. You know, we can be God's caterers at this, at this table. Um, it says this in James 2, verses 14 through to 17. You can turn there if you like. James 2, verses 14 through to 17. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, it is not accompanied by action, is dead. You know, as, as King's Church, across our different communities, um, no one... This is our desire. No one should ever be lacking in these physical, basic needs, right? Food, shelter, warmth, and I know we can name more. If anyone is lacking, it's my responsibility. It's your responsibility to do something about it. Um, we want to be a generous people, don't we, where we are there to meet one another's basic needs. Because in the presence of my enemies, God prepared a table for me. And so in the presence of your enemies, I'm going to prepare a table for you. And this means more than spiritual nourishment. It can mean, again, meeting these basic physical needs. 
in that passage, if you noticed it, James mentions warmth, right? And what a sad reality. 2,000 years later, this passage still applies to us um, and to so many, right? So many vulnerable people. The energy crisis, it impacts us, doesn't it? Impacts us massively. I know it impacts us more than others. Um, But it's especially bad for those who have to choose between eating and heating, right? That choice, that daily choice. And it's only going to get colder. Um, How can we play our part? Well, wouldn't it be great if we set up a warm room? Um, Well, you know, we've mentioned it. And uh, like other churches across the the, the UK, um, uh, we are, you know, going to use our building as as a resource for, uh, for, for people... You know, so to save them from worrying about heating their own homes. This is our chance to prepare a table in the presence of people's enemies. Uh, and I know this is a central thing, but I texted Dami earlier in the week, and he said others can get involved too. Um, and Kalani also will be here afterwards if, if you want to get involved. Yeah, Kalani at the front here. You know, if you want to get involved, if you want to serve, if you want to help prepare a table for people, get involved. Um, Sign up. Because in the presence of our enemies, God prepares a table. And Psalm 23, it really is. It's a story about our life with God. God's the shepherd throughout our life. He leads us and he guides us through difficult times and dark valleys, just as he did the Israelites out of the exodus, okay? He delivers us out of slavery and he, and he, and he, and he sustains us in, in the wilderness. He is our all. He, he satisfies all our needs. We lack nothing in him. And we get to eat at this table banquet now, but let's be honest, it's nothing compared to the marriage supper of the lamb that uh, awaits us, that's prepared for us. When we, the church, are made ready the bride of Christ, and we're finally united with him. Um, I want us to respond by singing a song. Um, and um, I believe for many of us, uh, we are, as, you know, as Dami said, we're in a dark place, we're in a dark valley. Um, and maybe we're well aware of the presence of enemies. I'm going to read that final verse. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and love will follow you. That's a wonderful promise. By the way, that word follow, it's slightly watered down. It means a more energetic pursuit. It's more like a chasing or a running after you. Guess what song we're going to sing next. Um, So that means, you know, whatever your circumstances right now, yeah, God's goodness and God's love is running after you. It's chasing after you. It's pursuing you. Even in the presence of your enemies, God prepares a table for you and his love and his goodness is running after you. Shall we stand together and let's worship God together?